What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the royal wedding. <laughs> the royal wedding. Did you yeah. watch? Yes. My mom had a um, a watching party. So, you know, not to put your business out there on French Street, mm-hmm. but we've talked yeah. a lot about being single women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Still single. Still here. <laughs> So, you know, like, what does Megan mean for the possibility of black women in the UK finding that fairy tale love? Uh, not me, because I'm like a dark black woman, let's say, because yeah. <laughs> I'm not light skinned. So we have this thing you call the, the English rose. That is what is um, like a Kate um, Williams wife. She's an English rose. Mm. The, the definition of an English rose might include someone who's not white now. Which will be interesting because at the moment, what is beautiful in England is, of UK, is white. And so if you can get a non-white person in there that's described as an English rose, that will be a massive change for what is is defined as beautiful in this country. Um, Will I still be single in a year? Probably. Hey y'all, I'm Verilyn, producer at Slate. And I'm Robin Boylan, associate professor and current feminist. And this is a flash episode of Represent Rose, a series Robin and I did last year recapping ABC's first Black Bachelorette. And um, we decided to do it because we were two black women watching the show for the first time. And today we're going to be talking about Meghan Merkel, our first black princess, um, for what it's worth. And um, the voice you heard at the top of the show was my dear friend Renee Richardson from Across the Pond, who I just got off the phone with because I was dying to know what she thought of Saturday's royal wedding as a black British woman. And um, we'll hear more from her later. But first, Robin and I thought it would be great to give people who are familiar with Represent Rose a quick recap of what Rachel Lindsay <laughs> um, is up to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as as we know, Rachel chose uh, how many guys was did she start off with? Thirty guys. Yeah. She was in the house with thirty men, and she ended up after the process of the show um, getting engaged to Brian and, yes, and and Brian actually um, according to people this People Magazine article I'm looking at um, he just moved out of Miami to Dallas where Rachel lives and they just bought their first home together so they're still together they're still planning on getting married and now they're homeowners so yay Listen, I'm still skeptical but okay oh <laughs> uh, yeah and in case you're wondering neither Robin or I continue to watch the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise. <laughs> we, yeah, no, we were, we were good. <laughs> yeah. All right, now for the royal wedding in my Oprah voice. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good Oprah too. Co- also, confession: me and Robin kind of been like we've kept in touch. We're, we're definitely friends, and we talk <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and I, we, um, this wedding has not come up for us at all. That's odd, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> talk about every this is, but this wedding wasn't really on my um, periphery at all. In the same way that the Black Bachelorette wasn't either. You know, mm-hmm. like I just 
had heard of, it was on the periphery of my social media, but not really something I was thinking about. But then I really got pulled in at the last minute. And I think it's something very similar happened with this Black princess thing. Yeah, I mean, I was so what I was going to ask you is, were you following their love story? But now I was like, wait, I would know that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I knew about it. Yeah, I knew about because, you know, Harry, Chris Harry is like, he has all of the swag, right? You yes. know, he has. Um, so, you know, I, I was aware that he was dating um, Meghan Markle. And I know who she is because I watch the show that she's on, on USA, called Suits. Okay. So I was familiar with who she was um, long before I knew that she was dating Prince Harry. So, I, you know, so I feel like I knew she was dating him, but I didn't think much of it. Um, I knew she was, um, you know, visually, racially ambiguous. I don't think I knew until it became a thing that she was, um, that she had a black mother, Mm. but I wasn't, you know, but I wasn't necessarily tuned into their courtship because, you know, Prince Harry was a playboy. So, you know, I didn't necessarily think, Mm. you know, and she was a black girl. So it's like, okay, she's a black girl. She's a divorcee. She is not in her twenties. You know, so I guess thinking about it from that perspective, that's very much <laughs> um, very similar in terms of the black girl doing her own thing, professional mm-hmm. and not in her 20s. That's yeah. very much like the black bachelorette in many ways. Yeah. But as um as Renee said, like she won the class jackpot. That's the point that Renee was making, even though I mean, for all intents and purposes, she was successful in her own right. She, you know, had her own identity. A lot of people knew about her independently of Harry. But as far as mm-hmm. moving from one class to another and money wise, I feel like the royal family has been held up. They are the the definition of old money. Yeah. So <laughs> in that sense, maybe that is one way in which this moment is uh, I, I overuse this word a lot, but revolutionary. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. So do you think it's revolutionary that a black woman was capable of achieving that, you know, that jackpot per se, because that's usually not the case? Or is it... Well, it's um, infiltration to me. It's the hope that Megan is doing this with eyes wide open. I think on one hand, you want her to be with him because she loves him, right? And they're in love and they're like, you know, I wish that for her. But in another sense, like, I'm hoping that she is aware of what it means for her children, which will be black children, to to be a part of the royal family, right? So, like, not, you know, not to say, like... She has to, um, like, everything she does has to be political. But, I mean, what about being a black woman isn't political? <laughs> like, everything we do is politicized. Um, right. So I I guess I hope that she's doing that. Because she, if she's doing that with w- eyes wide open, then that is revolutionary to me. Yeah, I think I think she is doing it with her eyes wide open. She seems, she was woke before she was in this relationship. You know, mm-hmm. she was identifying um, as a feminist activist before she was in this relationship, before she had this international platform. And I think, you know, I think she's going to have to be strategic. And I think she really knows how to do that. Because what about that wedding was Mm -hmm. not strategic Mm -hmm. in terms of, oh, I'm bringing black, you know, my black identity is invited and is on front street. And you will absorb and consume and enjoy and love it 
whether you like it or not, right? Yeah. Without, and, and so it was, but in, in those ways, it was a, a disruption from what is traditionally, what that, what a royal wedding would traditionally look like, sound like, who would be there, all of those things. But it was, but it was done in a way to where it almost felt streamlined. It was, it was mm-hmm. compromised. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. um, braided together in a way that, Represented her and her 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 black girlness, her Americanness, um, and also honored him. And I, because I think that's the kind of negotiation you have to make when you have children, when you're in a relationship with someone. You know, regardless of racial differences, you have to make you have to figure out a way to negotiate those things and bring them together. And I think the wedding itself demonstrates her ability to do that without you know, subtly so that that, or somewhat subtly so that, um, because I think that they they would, if she was too radicalized, they would probably try to rein her in. Mm. Not even necessarily because she's a black girl, because I don't think they would let anybody be radicalized. You know what I'm saying? Because they're the royal family and there are these, you know, these particular, you know, historical rules to follow. But I think that she will figure out a way to um, tell that line if the wedding is any indication. Yeah, so some of the things that made it black was one, um, Karen Gibson and the Kingdom Choir was out here singing Stand By Me. Stand By Me and the Amen Serenade at the end. That I mean, amen serenade. Yes. Like I had goosebumps. <laughs> Watching them stand out there on the steps together with that amen with the like cuz I felt like the the um the first song wasn't like they weren't belting it. <laughs> like they it was very mm-hmm. it was very, you know, like you know, royal family adjacent in the sense like it was even yeah. though they were clear that they can sing and they didn't it wasn't black church thing you know it was yeah. still kind of like subdued even though they had the little rock at one point mm-hmm. at one point together, <laughs> it was still a bit it was still it seemed very reserved yes. it was not you know the full out you know sway yes. but sis that was doing the directing was doing all of the things <laughs> and i was here for it her outfit her hair her yes. whole ambiance yes. and how she was you know giving it to him. Yes. You know. Yes, uh, I loved it. Loved it so, so very much. And then we had Bishop Michael Curry, like, bringing all the black preacher. Like, there was one point I thought he was going to, like, knock down the candle. Like, he was just so, like, <laughs> he was like, in love. Dr. King was right. We must discover love. The redemptive power of love. And when we do that, we will make of this old world a new world. I was so into it. And I, it's funny because I didn't, you know, there was like no amens. Again, like the subduedness of it all, right? There was one time yeah. he was just like, um, how many people came here in a car? You know, like he was like really trying. He made them laugh at one point. But like I was really hoping that like somebody, there would be like an amen shouted from somewhere in the audience. But no. Yeah. and But you know, and he's Episcopalian. So there's, I think there are ways in which um, if, if, because 
black church does the call and response, mm-hmm. um, particularly Pentecostal black church. You know, we do the call and response. The, you know, God is good all the time, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the black, even if, even if they would have been, had the unction to respond, <laughs> react to him in any way, the black people in the audience, mm-hmm. they just knew that they were being surveilled in a particular way. Like, yeah. but not, yeah. you know. Although I did see Serena Williams, like at one point, she had her eyes closed and she was shaking it back and forth during Stand By Me. Like that, like, yes, but not uh, saying yes. Yeah. That was the only, the only person I really saw, like, do anything that... You know, people barely turned around to watch the choir. Yeah, and it just felt like that space mandated it. Mm-hmm. Almost like the wedding invitation was like, yeah. you know, wear your best hat. <laughs> and, you know, to the black people in particular, I, right, you know, we in here, wear your best, your Sunday best on Saturday, and don't say shit. Yes. <laughs> don't yes. say nothing. Yes. Just be quiet. Yeah. Sit there, be dignified, you know, chin up. You know, we hear, but, yeah. you know, but don't be you completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the preacher didn't get the memo because he was all together, <laughs> like, you know, preaching. Yes. Like, yes. y'all going to get this. You know, the world is watching. They going to get this yeah. word. They yeah. going to get this, this yeah. social justice, Jesus' love word, yeah. right? Because yeah. um, you're not going to love Harry and Megan more than you love mm. the Lord, mm. you know? Yeah, he was trying to save some um, people. He was <laughs> he was definitely yeah, out here, like... But as far as, you know, what it means to show up in your Sunday best and, and you know, bring yourself, but not, you know, not too much of yourself, but I was really struck by how many black hairstyles there were in that room, you Wasn't know? Wasn't that beautiful? That was so um, amazing to see. And not, I mean, the black hairstyles, but also the blackness, mm-hmm. the aesthetic of blackness, the range of it. So we got, like, light skin, caramel, mm-hmm. you know, mahogany. Deep. Yeah. We had every shade of yeah. brown and black represented, every texture of hair. And, and I mean, worn as a crown of glory. Yeah. It was... You know, Serena's Serena's tiny braids with a beautiful baby and husband. I mean, I was really over here like, I mean, I was so I was watching um um excerpts from it with my homegirl and I was like, Maybe we need to reconsider this interracial dating thing because <laughs> yes. I mean And he's so here you know. for her. He's so in love with her Serena's husband like yes. you know I, I'm a big fan of her Instagram and her Insta stories and like when you see them together and you know there was one moment where she was like how do you like the the hair something like that he's, she said and he was just all the affirmations and you know and for Serena to have that as a dark skinned black woman yeah. for them to be there in that space and then and then for Megan to very much have it too because Harry just looks at her adoring yeah. oh yeah yeah I'm like will anybody ever look at me like that yeah wow yeah um should we talk about um Megan's mama and speaking of hair and her locks and her piercings yes. because talk about showing up your full self mm-hmm. and with just so much dignity and grace I think that I was so impressed by her mother and and just because what she is sacrificing yeah and what she has probably always sacrificed for her child and then to see you know to see this and I think it's a tremendous gain but also in many ways a tremendous loss Mm. And so I was struck by that. I, I was I was in awe of her mother, and but I and I just kept thinking, what is she thinking? What is yeah, she thinking? Yeah. Because she was very, she wasn't stoic at all. But she, you know, but you just could not read 
her expressions at all. And of course, I don't know Megan's mom, but you know, you know, she, it just seems like many times I just imagine her being like, wow, it's, I can't believe this is happening. Um, her mom, who we ha- who we have a name, Doria Ragland. Is it R A G L A N D? Yeah, Ragland. I know some Rag. Ragland is a black folk. That's how you know she blackity black black. <laughs> yes. So Doria Ragland. Black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she, um, you know, she she rode with Meg- Megan um, to the church. Um, and then she was seated, not obviously, oh, I don't know, obviously, but she wasn't seated with, um, like, Prince William and Kate and, you know, prom, Prince Charles um, and all them. Um, she was kind of seated, seated to the right of them. Um, yeah. And she was sitting by herself. And yeah. that's something that um, I've, you know, seen a few of the black women I follow online talk about. And it's something I definitely noticed myself. And, you know, I know the drama with, you know, uh, Megan's dad. But I just kind of wanted her to be sitting with someone or like just you you yeah. said, like, what was she thinking? Like, we don't know because we also don't we didn't see her reacting. We didn't see her like, you know, grab someone when hold on someone's right. hand. Yeah, she just kind of was sitting alone, and um, and I don't know what that represents as far as when we think about the possibilities for Black women in a space like that. Right, and the possibilities for um, single Black mothers. Right, so I think that mm. in many ways, her you know her mother's story becomes just as um, revolutionary, right, as hers because. You have this single black mother raising a child that become, you know, um, that's that is not how it is, quote unquote, supposed to go. And for her to and for her herself to be in that space by herself. Require with with so much dignity Mm -hmm. requiring um, no one, you know, Um, it just it it was very it, it felt representative of something, but I'm not quite sure what it is. And I know that there were people who were, you know, there was there was some conversation online around how she was being labeled, um, and whether or not she should be labeled as a single parent mm. or a single mother or a divorced woman, um, or baby mama. You know what I'm saying? Like all of all of those cues which are very much connected to race and class. And and why and what those meanings mean? Mm. Because she's a black woman. Because she was a black woman in that space and required. Now I'm not going to say she required no one, but she, you know, was just kind of embodying mm-hmm. the strength mm-hmm. and independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, that black women are forced to show in those in those contexts. Because mm-hmm. as a single black woman, there are many like I do all kinds of things by myself. But when the world is watching, it just felt, I, I wish she had, even if it was just her home girl, like I just wish, mm-hmm. I wish she wasn't alone. I just, I felt for her because I knew everybody was watching and I know that she knows everybody was watching. Yeah. Um, but I think it's representative of, of how we have to, of how black women oftentimes have to navigate new things by our damn selves, you know? Mm. What do you think of the critiques around um so on on Friday 
there was another school shooting this time in Dallas. And I some of the stuff that I saw, you know, during the royal wedding, you know, the people that like, it's like literally they're making it their duty. Like every comment, they're like, and this is America, hashtag. Or they might say like, I don't care about the royal wedding. And you know, and I was just like, you know what I care about less than the royal wedding? Your opinion about how you don't care about <laughs> Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Say, you know? There definitely seemed to be this policing. Yes. Of how black people, progressive black people in particular, should or should not be consuming, mm-hmm. you know, um, the wedding. And I think, um, and, and or if you are, if you are watching it or engaging it, you need to be critiquing it and you need to be pointing X, Y, Z out. You know, I didn't feel personally invested like I know her or personally invested like now, you know, okay, she got her print something to get me one. It wasn't like that, but it was about there's a black girl in the world winning and I'm here for black girls in the world winning and particularly winning at love. Right. Because that's the thing that pulled me into the black bachelorette. Not that I gave a damn about the bachelorette franchise, but that there was a black girl on there and is this, you know, and the possibility of a black love story of a black fairy tale of a black happily ever after. And so I'm here for that for her. And I, and I wanted to see it and I enjoyed that. And I, and I had no interest in critiquing it. I had no interest in thinking about the empire, you know, or, or having a lens of, you know, colonialism. I, I just didn't, it, I didn't want to think about those things. I just wanted to watch a black girl get married yeah. to a prince. Yeah. And I have and, and all of these white folk that probably, you know, mm, mad as hell <laughs> have to take it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I was looking and I, as much as I like as I watched it a couple of times. So as many times as I watched, you know, I think the first time I was just watching Megan and Harry and how Harry was looking at Megan and like, damn, I hope somebody looked. That was my first viewing. And then the second viewing was like, oh, look at all these beautiful black people. And oh, they playing. Right. Mm-hmm. My third viewing was, OK, how are these white people reacting to this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I wanted to see audience reactions like how are you reacting to this black preacher yeah what yeah. are you doing with it you know what i'm saying how are you how are you um engaging this black choir yeah, yeah. um this black boy genius what are you doing how yes. are you looking are you yeah, able yeah, to we can talk about are you him able too. to yeah. completely you yeah. know yeah and we can you know we can run and chew gum at the same time like it's yes. it's fine Imagine that <laughs> little, yes. and we can and we can and we can engage things that we know are problematic but still enjoy them and still get pleasure from them and the cellist um's name um if you don't know by now you probably should just go ahead and google him um seku he was amazing he was so like i got chills and that was when they when they left to go sign they met probably sign the papers. Mar- the papers yeah and and so for me that that is huge because Megan went to get him. She yeah. went to America to get him, yeah. to bring him, to give him that platform. Because yeah. he was already getting accolades because he's a genius, right? But she she gave him that platform. They weren't going to, you know what I'm saying? So just thinking about the ways in which she made those things happen and just, and, and just embedded them in the ceremony. Just kind of plopped this black boy genius right here. And you're going to get this. And you're not going to have any distraction. All you can do, do is sit here. Is, yes. Yeah. We're not even in the room anymore. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? All focus yes. is going to be on him. I, that is amazing. Hmm. And that matters. And that matters as much as all of the critiquing we can do of everything else, you know, or what she will or won't be able to do. And you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But what was she able to accomplish that day in and of itself was remarkable to me.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, Renee, how, if at all, do you see this love story? Because um, essentially they got married, right? Yeah. How do you see or how do you think it will change or shift race relations in the UK? I think it will. So I don't. What I think will happen is. So last year when they announced the engagement or just after they announced they were properly together, um, the press were really, really racist towards mm. Meghan. And Prince Harry had to put out a statement. Prince Harry has never, ever or the royal family has never, ever put out a statement regarding anything to do with race ever Mm. (laughs) so the fact that he had to address the racist coverage shows that there he's now at least one person in that family is going to because Meghan obviously she's not an heir to the throne um but Harry will now see race from a different view and I think that's important he will have children and he will see how the press comment on them and it will just bring racism home to the, to him a little bit more, his brother is going to be king, so it will then touch them more. So I think that's going to be the kind of it will just give them a true instead of reading about it, instead of seeing it from afar and going, yeah, racism is terrible. Oh, I can't believe people do that. Um, it'll actually be happening to people he loves, mm. and I think that's what we that's what sadly is needed. He needs to feel it in order for it to actually make change. That sounds so frustrating because, like you mentioned, he, uh, you know, they are, they, t- like, ruled so many commun- um, countries of color, right? Yeah. Like, even yeah. now that I think about it, I mean, Sierra Leone, where I'm from, used yeah. to be a British commonwealth and we got our independence, what, like, a little over 50 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, essentially, the country is a very young country. It was ruled yeah. by the British for a very long time. That to me, like to when you watch The Crown as well, you see how many African countries you know yep. they they ruled over, and so like that is like like annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was we never had any say in the royal family at all. Like she, the Queen, and whoever you know it was obviously going to be Charles next, I guess, and the future kings, they dictate they have the final say over parliament over all of our laws anything changing they have the final say over it and if they're never touched by something how can they truly ever understand it Mm. so I think that's what's going to change they are going to have um mixed like the queen will have mixed race great-grandchildren she will and I don't know whether she I don't understand I don't know if she feels things like real humans because she's very you know queen like <laughs> but William and Harry definitely show emotion mm. and they were definitely they they're definitely a different breed of royal and I think for them to have it directly affecting them and seeing things seeing the way that other members of the royal because they're obviously going to be in just ridiculous circles <laughs> mm. just that we'll never even dream or know exist 
his kids will be. But yeah. in those circles, they're extremely racist people yeah. and they can't help themselves. They don't know they're being racist. Yeah. They'll say in offensive things. Yeah, because originally when you were saying, oh, you know, they're going to finally see it firsthand. My first instinct was, well, they're going to be around all these rich people. You know, they're going to yeah. be protected. But then I'm like, no, actually, no, no, they're the worst that's going to be the worst people for them to be <laughs> yeah, around. Just yeah, just like when it was... Um, they went to church for Christmas. They meaning um, Harry and, and Meghan? Yeah. Um, yeah, Harry and Meghan. Like the whole royal family have like a Christmas. I think it was Christmas. It was one of Meghan's first official engagements okay. like with the royal families. And one at Princess Michael and one of the aunts or cousins, she wore a racist pin. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's just things like that. So they're going to see racism that we never even... Because mm. you've got outright, you know, violent racism. They're going to see it where... The, that level where they're going to be mixing in, that's the that's the level that is mm-hmm. is at the top of the racist chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's who everyone, the supremacists, that's who they want to be. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, those, those children and Megan will, ha- like, will experience things, we'll never know about it because it will never be public, but mm-hmm. it will give Harry a chance to see it in real life. Yeah. And I think that's how things are changed. So Robin, like Rachel, Megan has also found the one. They've actually already gotten married. And I know when we first started this series, we were really interested in the possibilities of black women finding love on public platforms. So for Rachel, it was on The Bachelorette, which up until her season, we had only seen white women do, right? Yeah. Um, And now we see another black woman find love in an even more public way. So I'm curious, does Megan move the ball for you personally? I feel like I know the answer to this. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. Here's the distinction I'm making between Megan and Rachel. Because, you know, my thing with Rachel was, like, not that, you know, I'm here for her having love and being in love. I just did not believe the process. I didn't Mm -hmm. believe that you can fall in love with someone while you're also falling in love with somebody else and you're doing it all Mm -hmm. on TV and you're going on these extravagant and all of that. That felt, that just felt inauthentic, impossible, not realistic. And it felt like once you're outside of that, yeah. what is this going to be? You know, cause you don't really, you didn't get to know that person. You don't know them. And at least for this, because, you know, I feel like they, they went through the process of a relationship, you know, like that was public when they wanted it to be public. Right. Nobody knew, you know, I think that they, once they were, kind of exclusively dating, you know, of course there was press because he's a prince, but there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a reality show. Yeah. Like Prince Harry looks for love, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I feel like they would have had an opportunity to genuinely, not not for the sake of love, not not um, out of desperation, you know, because the making situation just doesn't feel like it was out of desperation. Whereas Rachel's did, because it was almost like, ain't nobody out here in yeah, the street. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go on TV to find love. And, you know, and, and Megan just, I mean, she had mechanisms, of course, that all of us don't have. And perhaps Rachel didn't have. But, you know, that's how she found love in a way that feels more real than the reality television show. You know, you're going to date this person and 13 other people and, you know, 
break a heart every week and we're going to see what's, you know. So I still, because I'm still skeptical about Rachel and Brian, right? Yeah, but with yeah. my, you know, so I, and, and I, let me also add this caveat that I, um, when I say that the Meghan Markle, this, this story feels more realistic, it, that doesn't mean it feels resonant for me. It doesn't make me feel any more hopeful for myself, right? Because okay. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I was, I was getting at. So when you said yes, I was like, oh, snap, okay. Oh, yeah, no. So I mean, <laughs> yes, in terms of can you, can, can a black girl, you know, can you have love? Yes. But um, is it possible at, at a certain age after, you know, you've lived another life? I think that we can, that we get from her situation. Yes, it is. But I still think that it is for certain people and not mm. others. Mm. Um, it is for Megan because she, you know, she's been previously married, but she doesn't have children. She's, um, she's a couple of years older than them, but she, you know, she has black, she has them good black genes. So she, you know, looks young and has, you know, so she, she has things that make her marketable in an economy with, with black men or white men. In a way that I still don't. So I don't think, so that doesn't necessarily translate to my life or my reality. Mm. Um, I'm still over here, hashtag looking for love, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it, you know, because I don't think that that means now I'm, now love is going to find me. I don't think that um, I'm still single and waiting, like the first article I wrote. But I do think that um, it's just a reminder that there are possibilities out there for some people. But as far as like, what does this do for the possibilities of me personally? Nothing really. <laughs> I do think, I do think there is a part of me that tries to remember that. And, you know, a friend of mine said this a while, like a few years ago when she first had her, her son, um, like how motherhood was, was also her, her activism. Right. <laughs> like how like for her to be a black mom you know after Trayvon Martin at the time was for her like that was that was her like that was part of her, what she was doing for black people and I remember thinking like man that's a lot of pressure that's like a lot mm-hmm. um, but I do think like one of the things I've been thinking about with Megan is is like is she doing this eyes wide open and if she is that is a huge undertaking for her, you know, to do outside of just like wanting to be in love or wanting to, you know, be in a marriage and have some children. But if she's doing this eyes wide open, I think like it definitely inspires me to kind of like be more intentional with this whole dating thing. As you know, like I've been trying to be out there and every every time I put my foot out there and then I get like that cold shock, I, I jump back out. And so a part of me is like, well, let me try to jump in all the way knowing eyes wide open knowing all the reasons why what my experience is going to be very different from American Megan Markle's experience but still feeling like I should just if that's what I want that I that I could have it like living almost putting on my white privilege right like putting on the all the things that come with being you know aesthetically desirable like just putting that on and living that way um, it kind of reminds me of. Do you did you watch "I Feel Pretty" by Amy Schumer? This this film that came out. No, it's, I haven't seen that. It, you know, Amy Schumer is problematic for a lot of different reasons, <laughs> um, particularly in the way she, in my opinion, um, adopts blackness 
sometimes. Um, but this, so this movie is is basically about a woman that um, hits her head and she she feels like she's not she's not pretty. She's fat. Um, she hits her head and she thinks that she now looks like a supermodel. And she, but because she has the confidence of believing that she's a supermodel, she gets the things that she wants. She gets the good job. She gets the man and all that stuff. And, you know, that movie has a lot of critiques. But as a person that was trying to just watch a funny movie, because I did find it funny and not take it too seriously, mm-hmm. I did walk away feeling like there is some lessons in that. The same philosophy I feel when I'm at the airport, right? And I, even though I know I'm in zone two, I know it, but I'm going to still walk up there like I'm in zone one and I'm going to get on the plane. Just like white people do all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's, it's that same thing. It's like that daring to, daring to be seen, daring to, to put yourself out there. Like sometimes I try it and then it works and I'm like, oh shit, it worked. Um, so, or like the times when I'm in first class and people are looking at me like, why is she getting up right now? She knows she's not in first class so i think you know is it, i feel like instead of always being on the defensive right the moments when i'm trying to get mm-hmm. up there and people looking at me like why is she getting up there she know and then the moments where i know i'm wrong <laughs> but i'm still mm-hmm. gonna go for it anyway because i i deserve right um and i guess mm-hmm. like that's what megan kind of like the making me be like okay i deserve and just even just doing it until i believe it just keep saying it until i believe it well, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully there's no, like, dangerous ramifications um, that come with that. But I'll try to put that out <laughs> of my head. Yeah. So maybe it inspires the risk. Because I will say that for a brief moment, um, when, when, when watching the wedding over again on Sunday, I was having feelings, you know, like, you know, um, just of... Because, like I said, just seeing how he looks at her and um, just wanting wanting that for myself, and thinking, could could I have not not the fairy tale per se, not the prince mm. and the royalty, mm. but can I have love, yeah, or adoration? Um, can someone look at me without biting their lip, right? Not like, mm, but. Wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that for, and for, it was probably a fleeting moment. Like, I don't remember it lingering or anything, <laughs> but I didn't take note of it, that it was like, I think I'm having a moment. Like, I think that this is a reminder. And this, I think this is how and why people get caught up. This is, this is because you want that. Like, I'm happy that she has that. And I want just a piece of that. And for me, and, and for me, I don't know. And I don't know that it's that I don't feel worthy of more than a piece or that I don't feel that more than a piece would be possible, but you know, that I would just, if I could just get a little, a little, um, you know, if I could just steal away, a, a you know, a piece of that feeling, mm. um, that would be nice in this lifetime. That's such a, I mean, that's such a sobering place to end it on, but I think with everything that's going on, that's as much as you're going to get. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Especially for me, I'm like I'm the I'm the pes- the love pessimist. But you always, but you you do say that you're a pessimist for yourself more than you are for other people. Because I will say you've yes. given me some really good advice in moments. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm totally talking about I'm talking about myself. And I'm like, can I? You know what 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 I feel is possible for me in my in the context of my life and based on my experiences. 
Well, Robin, thank you so much for jumping on the phone with me this morning to gush about <laughs> the royal wedding and Megan. Yes. Tell the people where they can find you online on the internet. RobinBoylorn.com and at Crunk Feminist on Twitter. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, as always. All right, y'all, that's it. Represent is produced by me. Aisha Harris, as y'all know, is our esteemed host. And our social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And um, we definitely want to hear from you. So email us at represent at slate.com. Go to Slate for all of our coverage over this weekend's royal wedding. And yeah, until next time, y'all, peace out. <laughs>